Pilgrimage, Volume 1, Pointed Roofs, by Dorothy Richardson. Chapter 3, Sections 14 through 18. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter 3, Section 14. When breakfast was over and the girls were clearing the table, Fräulein went over to one of the great windows and stood for a moment with her hands on the hasp of the innermost of the double frames. Balde, balde, Miriam heard her murmur, werden wir öffnen können, soon, soon we may open. Obviously, then, they had had the windows shut all the winter. Miriam, standing in the corner near the companion window, wondering what she was supposed to do and watching the girls with an air as nearly as she could manage of indulgent condescension saw without turning the figure at the window gracefully tall with a curious dignified pannier-like effect about the skirt that swept from the small tightly fitting pointed bodice reminding her of illustrations of heroines of serials in old numbers of the girl's own paper the dress was of dark blue velvet very much rubbed and faded miriam liked the effect liked something about the clear profile the sallow hollow cheeks the same heavy boniness that anna the servant had but finer and redeemed by the wide eye that was so strange she glanced fearfully at its unconsciousness and tried to find words for the quick youthfulness of those steady eyes Fräulein moved away into the little room opening from the schoolroom and some of the girls joined her there miriam turned to the window she looked down into a little square of high-walled garden it was gravelled nearly all over not a blade of grass was to be seen a narrow little border of bare brown mould joined the gravel to the high walls in the centre was a little domed patch of earth and there a chestnut tree stood great bulging brown varnished buds were shining whitely from each twig the girls seemed to be gathering in the room behind her settling down round the table mademoiselle's voice sounded from the head of the table where Fräulein had lately been it must be raccommodage thought miriam the weekly mending mademoiselle had told her of mademoiselle was superintending miriam listened this was a sort of french lesson they all sat round and did their mending together in french darning must be quite different done like that she reflected jimmy's voice came rounded and giggling oh mademoiselle j'ai un potato pardon pomme de terre germaine she poked three fingers through the toe of her stocking vous dire vous dire qu'est-ce que vous me racontez là scolded mademoiselle miriam envied her air of authority aho la lo boom bong came gertrude's great voice from the door taisez-vous taisez-vous gertrude rebuked mademoiselle how dare she thought miriam with a picture before her eyes of the little grey-gowned thing with a wistful frugal mouth and nose na miss henderson it was Fräulein's voice from within the little room minna was holding the door open section fifteen at the end of twenty minutes dismissed by Fräulein with a smiling recommendation to go and practice in the saal miriam had run upstairs for her music it's all right i'm all right i shall be able to do it she said to herself as she ran the ordeal was past she was she had learned to talk english with the german girls at table during walks whenever she found herself with them 
excepting on saturdays and sundays and she was to read with the four for an hour three times a week there had been no mention of grammar or study in any sense she understood she had had a moment of tremor when fräulein had said in her slow clear english i leave you to your pupils miss henderson and with that had gone out and shut the door the moment she had dreaded had come this was germany there was no escape her desperate eyes caught sight of a solid-looking volume on the table bound in brilliant blue cloth she got it into her shaking hands it was misunderstood she felt she could have shouted in her relief a treatise on the morse code would not have surprised her she had heard that such things were studied at school abroad and that german children knew the names and worse than that the meaning of the names of the streets in the city of london but this book that she and harriet had banished and wanted to burn in their early teens together with sanford and merton you are reading misunderstood she faltered glancing at the poor politely waiting girls it was minna who answered her in her husky eager voice ja ja she responded na ich meine yes yes we read so sweet and beautiful book not oh said miriam yes and then eagerly you all like it do you clara and elsa agreed unenthusiastically emma at her elbow made a little despairing gesture i can't english she moaned gently too difficult miriam tested their reading the class had begun nothing had happened it was all right they each dutifully and with extreme carefulness read a short passage miriam sat blissfully back it was incredible the class was going on the chestnut tree budded approval from the garden she gravely corrected their accents the girls were respectful they appeared to be interested they vied with each other to get exact sounds and they presently delighted miriam by telling her they could understand her english much better than that of her predecessor so clear so clear they chimed wonderful and then they all five seemed to be talking at once the little room was full of broken english of miriam's interpolated corrections it was going succeeding this was her class she hoped fräulein was listening outside she probably was heads of foreign schools did she remembered madame beck in villette but if she was not she hoped they would tell her about being able to understand the new english teacher so well oh i am happy emma was saying with adoring eyes on miriam and her two arms outflung on the table miriam recoiled this would not do they must not all talk at once and go on like this minna's whole face was aflame she sat up stiffly adjusted her pince-nez and desperately ordered the reading to begin again at minna they all subsided and minna's carefully husky voice came from her still blissfully smiling face the others sat back and attended miriam watched minna judicially and hoped she looked like a teacher she knew her pince-nez distinguished her and none of these girls knew she was only seventeen and a half sorrow minna was saying hesitating miriam had not heard the preceding word once more the whole sentence she said with quiet gravity and then as minna reached the word thorough she corrected and spent five minutes telling her how to get over the redoubtable th they all experimented and exclaimed they had never been shown that it was just a matter of getting the tongue between the teeth miriam herself had only just discovered it 
she speculated as to how long it would take her to deliver them up to fräulein pfaff with this notorious stumbling-block removed she was astonished herself at the mechanical simplicity of the cure how stupid people must be not to discover these things minna's voice went on she would let her read a page she began to wonder rather blankly what she was to do to fill up the hour after they had all read a page she had just reached the conclusion that they must do some sort of writing when fräulein pfaff came in and still affable and smiling had ushered the girls to their mending and sent miriam off to the saal section sixteen as she flew upstairs for her music saying i'm all right i can do it all right she was half conscious that her provisional success with her class had very little to do with her bounding joy that success had not so much given her anything to be glad about it had rather removed an obstacle of gladness which was waiting to break forth she was going to stay on that was the point she would stay in this wonderful place she came singing down through the quiet house the sunlight poured from bedroom windows through open doors she reached the quiet saal here stood the great piano its keyboard open under the light of the french window opposite the door through which she came behind the great closed swing doors the girls were talking over their raccommodage miriam paid no attention to them she would ignore them all she did not even need to try to ignore them she felt strong and independent she would play to herself she would play something she knew perfectly a grieg lyric or a movement from a beethoven sonata on this gorgeous piano and let herself go and listen that was music not playing things but listening to beethoven it must be beethoven grieg was different acquired like those strange green figs pater had brought from tauring beethoven had always been real it was all growing clearer and clearer she chose the first part of the first movement of the sonata pathétique that she knew she could play faultlessly it was the last thing she had learned and she had never grown weary of practising slowly through its long bars of chords she had played it at her last music lesson dear old strudy walking up and down the long drilling room steady the bass grip the chords then standing at her side and saying in the thin light sneery part of his voice you can you've got hands like umbrellas and showing her how easily she could stretch two notes beyond his own span and then marching away as she played and crying out to her standing under the high windows at the far end of the room let it go let it go and she had almost forgotten her wretched self almost heard the music she felt for the pedals lifted her hands a span above the piano as clara had done and came down true and clean on to the opening chord the full rich tones of the piano echoed from all over the room and some metal object far away from her hummed the dominant she held the chord for its full term should she play any more she had confessed herself just that minor chord anyone hearing it would know more than she could ever tell them her whole being beat out the rhythm as she waited for the end of the phrase to insist on what had already been said as it came she found herself sitting back slackening the muscles of her arms and of her whole body and ready to swing forward into the rising storm of her page she did not need to follow the notes on the music stand her fingers knew them grave and happy she sat with unseeing eyes listening for the first time at the end of the page she was sitting with her eyes full of tears 
aware of fräulein standing between the open swing doors with gertrude's face showing over her shoulder its amazement changing to a large toothed smile as fräulein's quietly repeated prachtvoll prachtvoll came across the room miriam after a hasty smile sat straining her eyes as widely as possible so that the tears should not fall she glared at the volume in front of her turning the pages she was glad that the heavy sun-blinds cast a deep shadow over the room she blinked she thought they would not notice only one tear fell and that was from the left eye towards the wall you are a real musician miss henderson said fräulein advancing section seventeen every other day or so miriam found she could get an hour on a bedroom piano and always on a saturday morning during raccommodage she rediscovered all the pieces she had already learned she went through them one by one eagerly slurring over difficulties pressing on getting their effect listening and discovering it's technique i want she told herself when she had reached the end of her collection beginning to attach a meaning to the familiar word then she set to work she restricted herself to the pathétique always omitting the first page which she knew so well and practised mechanically slowly meaninglessly with neither peddling nor expression page by page until a movement was perfect then when the mood came she played and listened she soon discovered she could not always play even the things she knew perfectly and she began to understand the fury that had seized her when her mother and a woman here and there had taken for granted one should play when asked and coldly treated her refusal as showing lack of courtesy ah she said aloud as this realization came women of course you can only play when you can said she to herself like a bird singing she sang once or twice very quietly in those early weeks but she gave that up she had a whole sheaf of songs with her but after that first vorspielen they seemed to have lost their meaning one by one she looked them through her dear old venetian song beauty's eyes an old garden she hesitated over that and hummed it through best of all in old madrid the vocal score of the mikado her little chanson de florion and a score of others she blushed at her collection the chanson de florian might perhaps hold its own at a vorspielen sung by berta martin perhaps the remainder of her songs excepting a little bound volume of sterndale bennett she put away at the bottom of her saratoga trunk meanwhile there were songs being learned by herr bosenberger's pupils for which she listened hungrily schubert grieg brahms she would always during those early weeks sacrifice her practising to listen from the schoolroom to a pupil singing in the saal section eighteen the morning of ulrica hesse's arrival was one of the mornings when she could play she was sitting happy in the large english bedroom listening it was late she was beginning to wonder why the gonging did not come when the door opened it was milly in her dressing-gown with her hair loose and a towel over her arm oh bitte miss henderson will you please go down to frau krause fräulein pfaff says she said her baby face full of responsibility miriam rose uneasily what might this be frau krause she asked oh yes it's harwaschen said milly anxiously evidently determined to wait until miriam recognized her duty where said miriam aghast oh in the basement 
I must go. Frau Krause's waiting. Will you come? Oh, well, I suppose so, mumbled Miriam, coming to the door as the child turned to go. All right, said Millie, I'm going down. Do make haste, Miss Henderson, will you? All right, said Miriam, going back into the room. Collecting her music, she went incredulously upstairs. This was school with a vengeance. This was boarding school. It was abominable. Fräulein Pfaff, indeed, ordering her, Miriam, to go downstairs and have her hair washed by Frau Krause, offhand without any warning. Someone should have told her and let her choose. Her hair was clean. Sarah had always done it. Miriam's throat contracted. She would not go down. Frau Krause should not touch her. She reached the attics. Their door was open, and there was Mademoiselle in her little alpaca dressing jacket, toweling her head. Her face came up, flushed and gay. Miriam was too angry to note till afterwards how pretty she had looked with her hair like that. Ah, c'est le grand lavage, sang Mademoiselle. Oui, said Miriam surlily. What could she do? She imagined the whole school waiting downstairs to see her come down to be done should she go down and decline explain to fräulein pfaff she hated her vindictively her calm message treating me like a child she saw the hoarse smile and heard the caustic voice it's sickening she muttered whisking her dressing-gown from its nail and seizing a towel mademoiselle was piling up her damp hair before the little mirror slowly miriam made her journey to the basement minna and elsa were brushing out their long hair with their door open a strong sweet perfume came from the room the basement hall was dark save for the patch of light coming from the open kitchen door in the patch stood a low table and a kitchen chair on the table which was shining wet and smeary with soap stood a huge basin out over the basin flew a long tail of hair and miriam's anxious eyes found milly standing in the further gloom twisting and wringing end of chapter three section eighteen recording by expatriate in bangor maine